Hey guys, before we get started, I just wanted to first apologize for the length of time uh, it took me to get this one out between the holiday and just life getting busy and then finally getting around to recording it. Uh, I've been coming up to a lot of te technical difficulties during it all on my end, just trying to figure out with this app and making phone calls with uh, the, the co-host of the show and just kind of playing around with that. It just took a little bit longer to get used to that and then... I had my voice going in and out, so uh, I had to try and do some edits and some voiceovers, and you'll kind of tell when I have to do that um, in the in the podcast. You'll kind of hear when all of a sudden my voice and, uh, level changed and everything, so I had to go back later and kind of fill in the gap that was missed on my voice, so it might sound a little weird and awkward, but I hope it doesn't turn out too bad, and I hope you guys can enjoy it, and uh, one thing to think about is I'm definitely going to try and get some of you guys on a couple of the episodes to so think about maybe some questions, uh, maybe not even fantasy related or, uh, you know, super on point, but just something interesting that we want to talk about, discuss really quick, uh, you know, and debate, just short, kind of get the flow going and then get into the content, just think about what you might want to talk about, football-wise or not football-wise, when, uh, I ask you to get on here, but anyways, hope you guys enjoy it. Phase, I remember that phase and for then, sure. Uh, and then it was West Virginia. 
Gotcha. Um, now, typically, I think you're, you had written the columns for, uh, or like sports pages. I think it was mostly for just the Sharks, yeah, right? I wrote a couple things for uh, West Ham blog on SB but that was about it. And then it's okay, like, that's right. You are a West Ham fan yeah. for the oh, right. few soccer people that are yeah. in the league. <laughs> I forgot about the Premier League for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seemed that, yeah, I'm sure it's not that, whatever. Honestly, it's hard not to forget about West Ham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, there's not a whole lot of flooding going on. Okay? Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, let's get into it. Um, who are your six teams in the NFC that you think are making the playoffs so, this year? Starting with the team that's going to get home field advantage, I got the New Orleans Saints. They have, I would say, the easiest division in the NFC. They got great, uh, great QB injuries, great head coach jumping. I think they just have a cakewalk. They're fantastic at home, so that's pretty much eight. I don't want to say guaranteed wins, but pretty close to guaranteed um so they're my number one far away number two i got the cowboys fantastic defense i'm a lot higher on Dak than other people are maybe it's the mississippi state thing i don't know but i think he's i think he's a good quarterback he's not great but he's good and when you have a defense like that you don't need to be great which brings me to the bears who i have in third i don't like mitch trubisky that much but their defense is ridiculous uh i got the rams in fourth uh which is worse than they were last year, which I will explain later. I got the Eagles in fifth taking the first wild card spot, and I got the Packers in sixth taking the last wild card spot. Uh, my, I agree a lot with yours for the most part. Uh, I just got a couple of different twinks. Uh, Saints at number one. I mean, they are who they are. Drew Brees is a stud. Um, they lost Mark Ingram. Latavius Murray is going to do the exact same thing he did with a bigger body. And maybe better hands. I don't know. It's you know, up to be seen. But uh, Alvin the main. oh yeah, Alvin Kamara is the slipperiest dude in the NFL. It literally blows my mind. Like it's so funny watching him. You he like uh doesn't really break break tackles. Like he's not like running over people. Like he's like Stephen Jackson. But like no one can just get no one can get a shoulder on him. Every tackle is an arm tackle because people just can't. He makes little two inch little like hip movements and people just miss him. It's wild to watch. But anyway, so Saints number one, the young defense, the build some good. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, uh. Rams, I got them at number two. Uh, until someone can show me that they can really understand and stop that offense, I know the Patriots kind of did, but not everyone's Bill Belichick. Not everyone has the defensive backfield that he has. Uh, but until someone can do it, and maybe the, the Patriots expose that, how to do it, but until someone can show me consistently, the Rams are going to be number two. That offense is too much. The defense has enough talent. Um, number three, I got the Bears. Uh I got them rocking and rolling. You know, they're, you kind of touched on it. Their defense is youthful and just so talented. I think they even added to it this year. Cleo Mack haunts my dreams. Um, the running game's going to be better. They have athletic enough wide receiver core. I like them in general. Um, number four, I actually have the Eagles, and that's probably the biggest discrepancy between me and you uh in our rankings uh as much as i love dallas's defense i don't necessarily believe in their defensive backfield too much i like byron james as an athlete but outside of that i'm not super convinced but their linebacking core love it as a Notre Dame guy jalen smith is awesome yeah. who doesn't like clayton vanderesh i mean dudes looks and sounds awesome uh <laughs> but uh yeah and Dak's a cool story i can appreciate it zeke think what you think of him but he's the undeniably talented um at number five i've actually got the packers um i think aaron Rodgers is on a revenge tour here or at least a prove it tour 
Uh, he he got he got his coach fired. He got the guy he wanted. He got the offensive he wanted. Yeah, I, he seems to have a seems to have the guy he wanted. This is this is Aaron Rodgers doing what they've done in, in uh, up there in Green Bay. Everyone in the town of Green Bay and in that organization believes in him. Is behind him now. It's time to prove it. Um, they got they got the talent to do it. Their defense, I think, got a lot better. Uh, bringing in Adrian Amos, a huge you know Calvert Hall local guy. Gotta love him. Uh, they just got enough talent on there. I think they improved on defense. So it's just I think it's just gonna they gotta be better. And number six actually got the Vikings. Uh, I, okay. <laughs> I, I, their defense once again we kind of talked about they're they're so good. Um, they can kind of do everything. I think they're going to unleash Anthony Barr this year as a pass rusher. You know, people don't kind of forget, like, him and Khalil came out at the same time, and they were both kind of seen as guys that could be in a 4-3 or a 3-4. Khalil obviously went to a 3-4, and we know what he does. Anthony's been kind of stuck in that 4-3, and I've heard a lot of stuff of them kind of talking about him um, being more of a rusher this year, really letting him unleash his abilities there. So I'm kind of intrigued by that. Uh, also, if Duffin Cook can stay healthy, I think this team might be interesting. I mean, he's got so much talent. He's never been healthy in his entire college or professional career, but I mean, we've, we've seen what he can do. Uh, Kirk Cousins, he is, if he has talent around him, I think he'll get it done. And he definitely has that talent, assuming everyone can stay healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm bigger on Kirk Cousins than most. I think he's a good QB. I think he had a lot of pressure being one of the highest paid last year, and I think yeah. that, that kind of got to him, which isn't really great for a QB. But I think with another mm-hmm. year under this offense, he's got V line and digs. He'll be fine. And you're right with that. Yeah. He's, he's really good. If he can stay healthy, yeah. very good. Yeah, Dalvin's unquestionable talented. And the only thing, the fight, like, they, they, I think they they drafted Garrett Bradbury, my favorite, possibly my favorite pick of the draft. I, I'm a I'm a lineman nerd. Love lineman picks. I mean, my friends hate it. When I'm like, oh, Ravens should take this lineman in the first round. And I got Dakota going, like, oh, dude, but there's the 6 5 wide receiver. True. And, However, and I just I love the trenches so much. So I loved great Garrett Bradbury. They added him. They drafted another guy in the third or fourth round who that offensive line was literally like top five terrible last year. Um, so with those two guys, that guy, that guy might even plug and play. They want to just improve their line drastically. Yeah. So Kirk Cousins has that much more time. Dalvin has that much better holes. Who knows what that team can do offensively. Um, so, Brian, who is your underdog NFC team? Team that has got flying under the radar is going to surge up this year. Do I have a tie? There's two of them. And okay. I don't have either of them making the playoffs. Which I think is odd, but I think there's which is choice. yeah. The Panthers are the okay. They were very close to making the playoffs last year. The fact they were probably True. the driver's seat for what probably the first podcast spot before Cam Newton got hurt. Mm-hmm. Cam got hurt; their entire season went down the drain. Now, yeah, he could have thrown about 15 yards. There's still issues. There's still worries about Cam. And I'm as a journalism major, I feel people should know I'm not biased. But Will Greer is a lot better than the backup QBs they had. Will Greer can throw an accurate football. I think Will Greer, as soon as he's the Panthers, are going to sneak his way into it. The fact is, you, they have a very talented team, a very good defense. Christian McCaffrey is insane. You have, uh, he's my favorite. If you have a quarterback that can just throw an accurate ball, that team will be fine. Cam Newton is still better than Will Greer. I'm not going to say that Will Greer is better. Yeah, look, I, 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 you're not smoking at that head. No, I understand. No. But if Cam is hurt, which I, he's still, I don't think he's been clear to throw. But I think if you start this season with Will Greer, the world does not end for the Panthers. And then Cam goes back. And, uh, as far as Cam's health go, outside of his MVP season, he's a locked and loaded to miss two games a season. Yeah, pretty so. And I think, I do think 
Bill Connolly, if you don't know who he is, he uh, does like algorithm stuff for SB Nation. He's fantastic. He has like a metric for how QBs work. And he said Will Greer was the, uh, I believe, the second most likely to be a successful NFL QB, only behind Kyler Murray. And that That's awesome. is what we call cool. a segue to my second surprise team, which is the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> because Kyler Murray, they got Cliff Kingsbury who runs an air raid offense, and I know a lot of people were like, oh, Cliff Kingsbury failed it. Are you, you like the club fire? I do. I really are you like The NFL is going a lot more college offense route, and there's 100%. no one that does it better than Cliff Kingsbury. Now, they didn't have a great offense at the time, but now that you've got NFL talent around him, I mean, Kyler Murray is incredibly accurate. He can scheme up the receivers to get open. They got Andy Isabella. They got uh, Hakeem Butler who I really like. Big, big boy. David Johnson is a really good pass-catching running back. Nice. I, Cliff Kingsbury can really scheme that team up to put up a lot of points. I think I think they're going to surprise people. I think a lot of people bash that higher, but it's going to work out. Yeah. I'll get into my opinion a couple of those guys when we get to that team later. But, uh, well, yeah, it, it's possible. The, the, the teams will definitely do better. I think the Cardinals could break through. Um, Cardinals certainly aren't going to make the playoffs, but they could definitely – no. I don't think they're going to be as ugly as a, as a watch as they were last year. Last year it was just It would ugly. really be hard. It would really be hard, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, my underdog team, I don't know how much to call them an underdog or not, but the Falcons, I think everyone is sleeping on the Falcons. Yeah. They are two seasons removed from a Super Bowl, an embarrassing Super Bowl, nonetheless, but a Super Bowl, yeah. which was a dominant season. Last year, I don't know if everyone remembers, but, like, by week three, they had, like, Nine starters on their defense injured and or on IR. Yeah. It was insane. Because of that, they were getting scored on like crazy. They were behind games. You're putting the ball in the Matt Ryan's hands. As good as stats as he did have last year, I don't believe in Matt Ryan as a, you know, um, carry the team on my back quarterback. Right. So that kind of showed as that team's success. I think they had like what, five wins, six wins. But, he's got but I think that stays healthy. They have so much offensive talent. Cal really kind of showed his ability. Everyone knows Julio. Um, Devontae Freeman's back. You know, Former first-team AP All-Pro running back, Devontae Freeman. We'll see what he's like post-injury. You know, he had a full, long season and off-season to be good healthy. I think that team's going to splash back into the playoffs um, and, and nearly knock off somebody. Possibly probably where I put the Vikings, I'll probably snag that spot or something. But um, and then I want to get into my Underachieving team, team with expectations, team that you're evidently high on, the Cowboys. I, okay. I, I'm just kind of a Cowboys hater. I, I just kind of hate the 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 constant popularity of them. I love, I do love Dak. I respect Zeke. Um, love love Zach Martin. He's Notre Dame, but uh, love the defense. I just, I don't know. I just feel like the the, the Cowboys find ways to lose games, and at the end of the day, I think it's just gonna happen. Yeah. Um, they're gonna. They're going to lose. They're, they're not going to be able to sweep the Giants, which will be embarrassing. Like, they'll probably obviously the big games as it is every year, probably between them and the Eagles to see who really kind of takes that spot. Right. But uh, I just, I don't know. I just, Jerry Jones kind of bothers me. Jason Garrett sucks. Yeah. They got freaking Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator, who, as much as I love like the the sarcastic comments of he's elite because of his college numbers at Boise State, like <laughs> like let, let's not act like twenty six year old or whatever how old he is, Kellen Moore is ready to go offensive coordinator. 
he's got so, the most, uh, he's got the most wins in college football history. Yeah, <laughs> him and uh, Case Keenum, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think Case Keenum played seven years of college at Houston. Hey, anyway, gunslinger, don't hate on Case Keenum. <laughs> he is fearless. Who is your underachieving team in the NFC? Uh, my underachieving team is a playoff team, and it's the Los Angeles Rams because they have too much talent not to be a playoff team. But the Super Bowl, you said it earlier that. Until someone shows how to stop it, maybe the Patriots lay the blueprint. The Patriots did lay the blueprint, because I did some research after that Super Bowl. And by I did some research, I mean I read this on Twitter from somebody else who's smarter than me. That sounds like research to me. Which, exactly. <laughs> I read it. It's research. Um, Jared Goff last year threw 13 interceptions. 12 of those 13 were in zone coverage. The Patriots were oh, exclusively zone coverage in the Super Bowl. And Jared Goff looked horrendous. Jared Goff is surrounded by fantastic talent. I think that made him look a lot better last year than they were. Then you have Todd Gurley and his arthritis thing. Who knows how much he's going to play. We already heard that he's not even going to be in every down back anymore. and They're going to cut him like a lot back. I, I'm. There's also a report that they might move on from Jared Goff once his contract's up and draft somebody else. So uh, uh, Allegedly, the Rams aren't even that high on Jared Goff. They're still... They're still too good to not make the playoffs and not win the division, especially yeah. with the Cardinals being a work in progress. The Seahawks, who knows, because they lost Doug Baldwin. And the Niners, <laughs> who I really am just not big on Jimmy Garoppolo at all. So they'll win the division. But I think they're going to – they're not going to look anywhere near as good as they did last year. Yeah. No, I can appreciate that. I definitely think they'll – with any new offense, there's always it's an as I say it's an adaptive league. Um, teams are going to adapt to yeah. that offense eventually. Yeah. How fast we'll see. You also they do prevent because you said all the time they have you do have to have a certain personnel to right. uh, beat yeah, them. You, personally, you that. The have- just to kind of real quick, like with the Ravens last year, I thought the Ravens last year if we played the the Patriots, I think we killed the Patriots. What they are good at on offense, we are great at on defense. Yeah. What they were bad at on defense, we were great at at offense, which is just run it down your throat. Now, there is a possibility that Bill Belichick does scheme up some insane defense, uh, what we were doing on offense, but I think our defense and what we could do, just pressuring Brady, we could get to Brady before he could throw the ball, and we could lock down the coverage. But anyways. um, The Seahawks could have beaten the Cowboys had they said Russell Wilson throw the ball, so. Oh, well, we'll we'll, we'll get into that right now. (laughs) We'll, we'll We'll dive into the Seahawks here. Um, just some quick stats. Uh, Russell Wilson last year, historic season. It was insane. I forget. I think it was uh, he scored a touchdown on 8.6% of his throws. Yeah. And for all you people out there that may not know that you know, average touchdown attempts, um, I think uh, the career Hall of Fame of, I think it was Steve Young and like Joe Montana is like 6.5 and probably arguably the most prolific offense ever in history. So for him to average 8.6 in a season is nutty. Um, Tyler Lockett, uh, he had like, I think he averages around somewhere in the seventies of receptions every year. Uh, he did that again this last year, except he over doubled his touchdowns. (laughs) So hyper efficiency everywhere on that offense. Uh, you just, it was an insane season to watch. Uh, Russell Wilson, third least attempts in his career besides his freshman and sophomore seasons. And uh, so it was crazy. You know, Brian Schottenheimer comes in, and as you can attest, Brian, just run, run, run. Yep, sure is. 
Um, I don't know exactly. I, I'd imagine they led the league in, in carries. I won't swear to possibly the rate. They were certainly top three. I mean, they would run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Yeah. Drove people crazy. It was, it was uh, annoying in the playoff game, but throughout most of the season, it was not horrible. It was funny. It worked. I mean, if you looked at that, you look at that roster last year, and you even look at it this year, that roster just completely unbiasedly like is not that talented it's no. not deep it really wasn't talented Doug Baldwin was playing but at what percent healthy they had they were on like their fourth tight end the offensive line has been a bottom five offensive line not just this year but the last couple years it's been terrible since they traded Max Unger for Jimmy Graham and then drafted Jermaine Infetti who just did not pan out their defense didn't have a whole lot going on Earl Thomas was out by, like, week four. You still had Bobby Wagner and you had Frank Clark. You have a young guy in Shaquille Griffin and Shaquem Griffin. But they didn't, up from top to bottom, they just didn't have a lot going on in general. Like, they, they just wasn't. There was a couple of flash players, nothing special. And it was just surprising what that team was able to achieve. All right, but they just break it into some fantasy stuff. Um, so, obviously, at running back, they, they got rid of Mike Davis. They didn't resign him. I think he was a restricted free agent. Maybe he's on Rochelle. Anyways, he, Mike Davis signs with the Bears. They get rid of him. Last year, he had just short of 25% of the touches. Uh, for, well, carries, I would say touches. Yeah. Uh, 25% of the carries from the backfield. He did, which really opens up a big thing, is he did have from the running back position 49% of the targets. Obviously, for you math majors, that's half. <laughs> <laughs> for you non-math majors. Well, not exactly. So, a little less. You, you know, they, they, everyone's like, oh, you know, everyone, the whole hype. Mm-hmm. I think it was the first pick in our dynasty rookie draft last year was Rashad Penny. You know, he, he was the only first-round running back. You know, historically, that means production, production, production. And out of the three running backs they had last year, Chris Carson, Mike Davis, Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny had the least carries and least receptions of those three guys. So there was a lot of disappointment there. But with Mike Davis gone, that's 25% of the touches, 50% of the targets, and they didn't add anything. I think the Seahawks technically added like, Darwin Thompson or something in the sixth round. I think that was the guy. He's not going to come in and certainly not going to come in and take targets. Uh, I do think you have to be slightly concerned about a uh, yeah, resurgence of possibly C.J. Prosis, uh shots in their day. And uh, he, he is, I mean, he is a college wide receiver turned running back. So he's a very good he, yeah. he can catch the ball. They also do have uh, J.D. McKissick. I don't know how exactly how good he's been in the NFL, but he is a scat back by all definitions of scat backs. So it, it, the third down roll could be interesting, but Chris Carson showed that he can catch the ball, and Rashad Penny had a whole college career catching the ball. So there's no reason why Rashad can at least get into those targets and then also eat away some more attempts. I mean, like I said, 25% of carries are gone, 50% of targets. Chris Carson and Rashad Penny are definitely going to bump up from their, their last season in production. Chris Carson had something like 250 touches overall. He was a true kind of workhorse in fantasy. And uh, yeah. Rashad Penny, I think he had like 100-some total touches, which is insane to think about as the third uh, guy, the third least touches on the running back to him still have over 100 touches. Really kind of goes what we were talking about, how they just fed the ball to the running backs at an insane rate. And uh, so both, I think both Chris Carson and Rashad Penny are going to take big, a big uptick, especially Penny. Chris Carson can't give too much more up, but he could catch a few more balls in our half PPR league. That will help him a little bit. But uh, I think Rashad Penny is going to be the big winner of the Mike Davis exit. And I think both 
I think what the Seahawks are trying to do is do what the Saints did last year. I think what the Ravens are trying to do this year and have the speed back and the power back. They got Penny for, uh, you know, if you need a speed run, an outside run, you get Rashad Penny. He has really good vision. If you need someone to literally just run it down their throats, it's it's Chris Carson. Yeah, Chris Carson. Uh, he has the most insane run style. It's He literally runs like an absolute freight train. Like that dude... He runs not only to hurt other people, but to hurt himself. I mean, he literally yeah. sacrifices his entire body. Uh, it, it's pretty wild. So if he were to hurt himself, which he does have some history of, uh, watch out, Rashad Penny. But um, yeah, but Carson will probably get most of the touchdowns. Yeah, I mean that big guy goal line that is true to point out. I don't know the actual numbers, but I do know Chris Carson did lead the team in goal line touches last year. Can only imagine that to stay the same. Rashad Penny isn't an elite guy. In that sense, um, not that you necessarily have to be big to be a goal line guy, but it definitely helps. Uh, in the receiving aspect, um, the guy with the most targets uh, is gone. Doug Baldwin had 70% yep. of the wide receiver targets last year, or just a total target, total team targets, and uh, he's gone. And uh, so, obviously, big team leader, big wide receiver guy, big captain, and they don't have a lot left on the roster. I mean, Tyler Lockett is on there. Was it David Moore is still on there? And then yep. you got two rookies, DK Metcalf and Jennings. And with both DK Metcalf and Jennings, it's an unknown. You know, with any rookie, it's you never know how they're going to produce in the NFL. But neither of them ran a whole lot of routes in college. All three of them were, you know, just slants. Not all three of them, excuse me. Both of them were just slants, goes, posts, maybe a smoke screen. And that's all they did in a RPO sort of based you know, college system. They don't have to run as many routes in, the, in that. So you, how are they going to produce? I mean, DK never even left the side of the field. Jennings ran an air raid. So, I mean, they, they have pretty decent hands. It's just the upside. You know, uh, I think we were DK Metcalf. He definitely has a shot with Russell Wilson as his quarterback that he can definitely produce at a high level. And you know that that's what you can hope for is that you know DK Metcalf is going to be touchdown efficient and big play efficient and Jennings I don't think is going to do a whole lot they might just stab him when people are uh, tired. Perspective, it's it's hard to invest I think in this wide receiver core because as we said with the with the lack of passing attempts they're just going to run the ball run the run the ball even when you have that lead of a quarterback can you trust that efficiency that he had last year? Uh. Not with what they have. I mean, Wilson and Lockett were literally perfect. They they had a perfect passer rating. Or Wilson had a perfect passer rating when throwing the Yeah, that's right. That was a wild stat, too. It was a seasonal wild that's, stats. Yeah. That's probably not happening without Doug Baldwin, especially now that people know how, you know, Tyler Lockett's really good. Um, now they don't have Doug Baldwin. He's going to get the majority of it. I, I, Metcalf... We've talked about it. it. Just seems like a combine warrior to me. He seems like mm-hmm. he's a physical freak. But doesn't your favorite he doesn't catch the ball that well? I was upset when they made, <laughs> but then, then they, I like, I started to calm down. And I was like, you know what? They got him at the last pick of the second round. It's basically a third rounder. It's not as bad as I was making it out to be. But I still, he doesn't run routes very well. He doesn't have very. Nope great hands and these are all things that can be taught but Gary Jennings also wasn't a great route runner but he was you know a surefire hand guy 
yeah, does Lockett play out of the slot? Does Jennings play out of the slot? I there's there's does David Moore get more touches? It, there's too many questions. I wouldn't get any. Yeah, I think what you're going to see a lot of is Ty Lockett's going to be switching in and out, but I think he's just such a beast inside. They'll probably have David Moore and DK Metcalf on the outsides and yeah. supplement Jennings in there when they need him. Um, uh, Jennings, I did read an article about like kind of what you said. He has good, does have good hands, but his route running isn't necessarily some sort of supreme thing. As you know, at West Virginia, they weren't necessarily running a uh, – you know, pro style plethora of you know, eight yeah. out. it was a lot of slants, post goes, bubbles. Yeah. Uh, you know, not that, that his that's his fault, but you know, tape is tape, and that's all he's that, got. That air raid life. Yeah. That air raid life. Um, that's the same thing with DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Not only did he only run slants, posts, and goes, he literally only ran it from the left side of the field. Uh, yeah. He never moved from the left side of the field. He was never in the slot. He was. <laughs> he didn't spend a single snap of his career in the slot or on the right side of the formation. Always the most out-left guy. But, hey, if you're good at it, you're good at it, especially in the college ball. Um, so, yeah, why does he record? I guess to sum it up, I mean, Lockett last year did account for 40% of the wide receiver fantasy points, which is an insane percentage for any player on any team, um, especially – uh, on a low production kind of team to have that one guy sticking out for touchdowns. I mean, if if he can keep up that, if he can touch ten touchdowns again, you're going to be happy with him on your fantasy team. Uh, I yeah. think he's probably going to be more around the the seven mark. Would probably be my prediction. Um, I think David Moore might take a tick up, and DK Metcalf. I don't know what his fade game's like, but I'm thinking it's pretty good. And I know Russell Wilson's fade ball is pretty money, so I'm thinking that's going to definitely be a possible target for them. As long as he's got his hands. Yeah, as long as he's got his hands on him. Uh, moving on, we will go to the Rams. And uh, Brian kind of already talked about it. You know, and the thing, you know, is their offense going to be figured out? Is Todd Gurley going to have grandpa knees or 20? Or Marlon, ba- Marlon Brown or Daryl Henderson? Who, uh, if you don't know him, just super speed. Super talented. A lot of people like him a lot. Um, they obviously invested in him. Uh, I think they had to. Tra- I think they traded up for him as well. They didn't have a whole lot of picks, but they went up, traded up, got the guy they wanted. So that's kind of like a sketch mode for Gurley. They also was it Malcolm Brown or Marlon Brown or whatever their M Brown running back. He was a restricted free agent. The Bears or the Lions offer it, said they give him an offer sheet, and the Rams, who are already uh, salary cap tight, are like, no, we need to have this guy on our team. Um, they so they invest the money in him. They invest draft stock in Henderson. Um, there's two arguments to be made. Is it is it just all an insurance policy? We're going to use Gurley the way we use him, and if we lose him, we got both of these guys that we believe in. Or is it you know we got both of these guys that are talented, and we're going to cut down Gurley's work not a lot, but a, a, maybe five ten touches a game less, and let these guys shine a little bit. Um, it, it's hard to say at this point. Daryl Henderson's fast, and Sean McVay is a great offensive coach. He can scheme up plays to get Daryl Henderson into open field, and he's he's gonna make him pay. Yeah, like, and he's quick. And the thing with Gurley, even if it's a scenario where they do down take him, I I don't think you can be too worried. Um, no, two seasons no. until he got hurt. The last two seasons, he's not just been the number one running back in fantasy at that time. It's been by a whole – like, he's in his own tier. He's on the top floor. Everyone else is in the middle floors. 
he is just from yeah. the gap from number one running back to number two running back by the time during his healthy span is such a large margin. So if you take away five, six touches a game, he is still gonna be top three conversation at the position. I mean, it, it's the, the efficiency that he's had and the ability that he has. I don't think you should be too nervous, but it is certainly a conversation for concern. Um, trying to think where I have it here. It's yeah, he uh, last year he had sixty nine percent of the running back attempts, and that's including the whole season. That's when he got hurt, and that's including CJ Anderson coming in, and then what was it? Three games in the regular season, rolls in and gets uh, finishes with twenty four percent of the of the running back yeah. carry. So I'm not even sure if he played the last two. No, he didn't play at all. The whole lot. He definitely played the last two yeah. games. I don't think he played the last three games, to be honest. That's possible. Yeah. Here's the thing where you girl, where you have to take happiness in. He had 83.5% of the running back targets. That's not going anywhere. We've seen him in the red zone, the middle of the field, and, when, and on third down, be an absolute weapon for them to get first downs. He's an absolute threat and a legitimate route runner, and they can catch the ball. Um, yeah, he's the best pass-catching running back in the NFL. And if you're in a PPR league, that matters a lot. Your core? A lot of – no supreme guy, I think. Um, I can get your take care of Brian, but I don't think there's one guy on this team that's like, wow, like this is the number one guy. Personally, I think it's a bunch of like – it's a true 1A, 1B, 1C situation. Yeah, and with – they're all – as I mentioned with the, the man – how Jared Goff threw 12 of his picks in, in zone coverage. The reason he threw so little in man is because of how good Cup, Cooks, and Woods are. Uh, Cup tearing his ACL last year was pretty devastating for a team like the Rams. Uh, but they they get him back. They have just they just do a, such a good job getting open. And Goff is active. So when you have those good targets and they're playing man they will get open, they will catch balls, and they'll catch touchdowns. I mean, all three of them. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. Yeah, you look at it. Cooks, uh, I just remember Cup was out like a half the season. Um, Cooks had 15.6% of the touchdowns from the wide receiver position. Woods had 18.8% of the touchdowns. And Cooper Cup in half a season still had the, a team high the wide receiver position of 18.8% of the touchdowns. Cooper Cup kind of starting his own niche of a role as like that big, tall slot receiver, a big guy with yeah. short area quickness. We haven't really seen that, and we always kind of associate that that efficient slot guy with like the Julian Edelman's, Wes Walkers of the world. And here it is, six foot one and a half, two fifteen, two twenty. Cooper Cup showing that hey, that we big guys can do, and we have a big guy that that's quick in the red zone. It's shown to do some pretty good things for him. Um, also worth mentioning, Josh Reynolds did flash a little bit of his talent. Uh, I forget. I think he's like a third or fourth round pick. He's a big spark score guy, good athlete. He showed some. He showed some uh, ability last year. I mean, he came in pretty much only half a season production after Cup came in, and he tied Brandon Cooks in touchdowns. So I think that's something to be said about his ability. Um, I don't know if he's an every week starter. Maybe if one of those guys is out for a game, he's a guy that you can plug and play um, and hope for you know hope for a touchdown. Yeah, um, for sure. Just to do break it down, Robert Woods did lead the team in wide receiver targets at 23.1%, and then it was Brandon Cooks at 207 I do One thing I do love about Brandon Cooks, if you look at his career, 
every year I love in fantasy football I love consistency I'm a huge consistency guy like my two favorite guys in fantasy football are Devontae Adams and Christian McCafferty it is consistency yeah. consistency consistency they might not be number one at their position at the end of the season but they'll be top three top four top five and you'll never have a week where you're like damn they screwed me every week is so solid Dalvin Cook not Dalvin Cook <laughs> Brandon Cooks every season <laughs> 1,100 yards, say, 7 dude. to 10 touchdowns every single season. It's what he is. You can look, at, you can look it up on the internet. He is 1,000 yards and close to, if not, at 10 touchdowns. And I love locked and loaded stats. I mean, it did, it, he did it on the Saints. He did it on two years on the Saints, a year on the Patriots, and last year on the Rams. It's who he is. I love it. He's a guy. I know what I'm going to get every year. So it's cool having him. Robert Woods kind of had a breakout last year. Cooper Cup having that real breakout. So I, I'm sure all those guys can sustain the stats and the trends that they had last year. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. Um, moving on, uh, we'll go to the 49ers here. Uh, I know you said earlier you're not huge on Jimmy G, but there is one thing you can say undeniably about Jimmy G. He's handsome. He is. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> and, that, and that can get you some places. That is true. Now that I think about it, I kind of remember that was that photo circling around that he was like went on a date with like a porn star or something. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Good. Hey. Do you, Jimmy? He's he's living his best life. Hey. Who's hating? I'm not. <laughs> um. A little scheme of the wide receivers. We'll see with that. Uh. They they lose Pierre Garcon. I love Garcon as a, as a, as a guy and in his career, but he he's he's done. Yeah. He only had I think he was injury hurt their, their whole wide receiver core was kind of hurt last year garcon was out for most of the season uh marquise uh goodwin hurt a little bit uh dante yeah. pettis was hurt a little bit george kittle was really the only main staple of that team and that's why he led that team in targets percentage of 25.6 i mean he uh, ended the season with a record an oh, yeah, nfl man. record of tight end yardage so that's something to be said there he took that record for what was it um who had it for that for a hot second was it um, I mean, my mind immediately goes to Gonzalez or Gates. It was Travis Kelsey. No, Travis Kelsey oh, broke oh, it right. at like the one o'clock hour, and then Kittle's game was at four, and then Kittle broke it. <laughs> so Kelsey had the record for like a whole like hour and a half. Poor guy. I mean, he gets to play with Mahomes. on that team. Um, but Garson leaves oh, 8.5% of targets. Uh, 12% of the wide receiver team points, and I think he had, like, a touchdown or two. But um, it's going to be interesting. Jimmy, hopefully get a full season of Jimmy Garoppolo. Really see what he's worth. I mean, he's played a whole – I think he started a whole eight games now in his career. Um, it's hard to say. He has looked promising, but I can understand any pessimism. He's uh, promising, but not not as high as people – like Colin Coward, I think, called the 49ers – Surprise Super Bowl contenders and just no. I I hate Colin Coward. But anyways, <laughs> he's a he's a clickhole if I've ever seen one. But uh, oh, man, big shout out clickhole. <laughs> big shout out to clickhole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two great follows for you guys. If you guys want to check them. Oh JJ. But, uh, the big name that pops out for me, a little biased, he is on my dynasty team. But even if he wasn't on my team, he's a guy that I watched a lot. Me and you, we love our Pac-12. Uh, Dante Pettis out of Washington, he was elite. He's a elite return guy, and uh, he's actually a great route runner. And looking at some stuff, uh, him and his success on all the different routes is is top tier. It's above average in the league. Oh, uh, some stuff, some research I did. 
you know, read a guy that did a whole bunch of watching some film, and I was like, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's research. That counts. <laughs> that's research. Um, it did account for twenty-four percent of the wide receiver team points, and he uh, led the team in receiving touchdowns. He tied with with Kittle, so I think that's something to be said. Uh, especially in not a full season, and not a full season with uh, your starting quarterback, it is a issue that backup quarterbacks do favor tight ends or bigger, safer targets. So for him to be a, a wide receiver and still be able to match Kittle's. Uh, at least touchdown production is, is good to see. I think he's got to get an uptick in reception targets. I mean, he's got he had 8.5 target share last year. Uh, that's definitely going to skyrocket. Um, definitely my concern as far as his ascension elite is Debo Samuel is arguably equally elite as far as a uh, you know ability standpoint. That he even he uh, Pest was a third round pick. Debo Samuel is an early second round pick. He's a guy a lot of people like. He's one of the, he's kind of like a DJ more in the sense he's kind of built like a running back, runs like a running back at the wide receiver position. He's big. No, he's not super big, but he's, he's thick. He's muscularly thick. Yeah. And uh, just like a – he's a football player, you know, kind of one of those guys. And so I have high expectations of him. So it's going to – I think either him or Pettis are going to break out this year. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be equal breakout, but I think both of them are going to be useful assets on a, on a roster. And uh, Marquise Goodwin – He's going to get a big touchdown every so often, so if you get a lucky start with him, by all means. Um, I think Hill will be the number one target for sure, but I think pretty soon into the season, Pettis and Debo Samuel are going to be the one-two guys on the Niners offense. Yeah, Kittle, Kittle's a freak. Shout Kittle. out to University of Iowa for just giving out tight ends. They're just – they're Big shout out to Corn. <laughs> corn. Just got to love Corn. Shout out to Iowa and your sweet, sweet Sorry, Nebraska. We'll talk about you another time. <laughs> <laughs> also fun. It's so fun. They named their whole college after it, but hey. Yeah. Uh, I think what's going to make even equally as interesting, the 49ers, from a fantasy standpoint, is going to be so interesting. What, how is Jimmy G going to do? What wide receivers and receiving options are going to succeed outside of Kittle? And then what running back is going to get used? They give this big contract to Jared McKinnon on my dynasty team. And... I, I draft him anyway. I know he's out for the season, whatever. I take him for the upside. And they they have all these other guys like Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert and Jeffrey Wilson Jr. And Alfred, even Alfred Morris looked good in this running scheme. You can say what you yeah. want about Kyle Shanahan. You can say what you want about the team as a whole. You can look at Kyle Shanahan and his dad. They know how to run the ball. And not just a lot, but like Brian Schottenheimer, but Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan know how to run with efficiency. They yeah. have an insane history of getting insane production out of the running back position, and they usually always do it historically with one guy. They're not a they're not a running back by McKinney, running back by committee kind of guys. They usually like to have their one dude who just takes it to the, the house. I mean, uh, Moneyball had a good season in Denver. Uh, what was the guy? Who was the guy that was for them? That um, no Sean Marino. No, Sean Moreno. Oh my gosh, how subpar? Or it's not subpar, but just pedestrian as an actual like athlete he was. They made him a, dy- a fantasy stud. Ew. Um, <laughs> Burrito last year, stud. He looked insane. He, had, he for this season, for the season he counted for forty-one percent of the touches, forty-three percent of the fantasy points in the running back position, and he got twenty-nine percent of the targets. And he was hurt half the season, so that's insane. Did they, they, they fed him the ball when he was healthy and no one else was? Alfred Morris had 30% of the, the touches. He's terrible, and he's had production. 
That's another one that that's another one that Kyle Shahid did when he was in the Redskins. He made Alfred Morris a yeah. RG three. Yeah. It is just that was, that was a fun Redskins team to watch. Super fun team to watch. Kyle Shanahan is a running genius and it's just who's gonna do it. Obviously when he was at the Falcons, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman were both dynamic. I think it's gonna have a similar thing. And Jer- I think it's going to be, my personal opinion, it's going to be Jerry McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, and then Matt Burita is going to kind of fill in the gaps as far as rest or if a guy gets hurt, needs a break. Yeah. Um, and the other guys are just kind of like filler. They're just kind of cute assets. All of them are hurt right now. Matt Burita's hurt. Mozart has still a broken ankle and just had surgery again. Jerry McKinnon isn't practicing yet. Tevin Coleman has a hurt hamstring. All of these guys are hurt. But they do have a lot of them, and it's hard to tell right now what's going to happen. So that's going to, Fortnite from a fan's perspective, is going to be exciting to watch. For sure. But before we move on, uh, we need to talk about the one big thing with the 49ers, and it's the fact that they drafted Mitch Wisnowski in the fourth round. Big <laughs> shout out to the punters. <laughs> Real quick while we're on the subject, the funniest thing about the two Utah kickers getting drafted is they're from Utah, and they're shockingly. Mormon, and they're both, <laughs> and they're like twenty-seven years old. Yeah, yeah. They who, who drafts a punter in the fourth round? Let alone a twenty-seven-year-old. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not hate on the punter. Hey, listen, the Raiders took Ray Guy in the first round, and he's the best punter of all time. They would say in the first round, you want Hall of Famers. Say what you want. Al Davis got a Hall of Famer in the first round that year. Yeah. Max. Wait, wait. I'm the only punter drafted in the first round, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So Him one, and- 100% success rate on Hall of Fame punters drafted in the first round. There you go. Johnson. Um, it continues on with David Johnson, and it finishes with, with David Johnson. Um, everyone thought he had a terrible season last year. That team was disgusting to watch. But even still, David Johnson rolled out with like our top, I think it was a number nine or ten finish in our, in our half-point PPR league. But nonetheless, number top 12, number one running back finish with his worst ever career season. So um, it's only up from here. We kind of discussed it. The team's only going to get better offensively with the things they added. But you can't really worry. Johnson, I mean, I know what I love from him is that every year, like, hey, David, look, what's your goal this year? He's like, I want 1,000 yards rushing. A thousand yards receiving. Not that it's just completely realistic, but like to have that expectation, to have that goal for yourself, you love to hear that. Um, I mean, it might be this year. It's possible it, with with what the air raid's going to be. They're going to use him as one of the yeah. receivers, especially because you have such young receivers. You, you might just, he might be the second best receiver on that team, realistically. So uh, I'm I'm very big on the rookies, but yeah. But still, you haven't seen him in the NFL. It's hard to say. It's true. And, uh, but yeah, that ball is going to get thrown to him plenty. Even uh, Chase Edmonds last year did take some receiving work. He did have 21% of the targets from a running back position. Obviously, Johnson still had 69% of the receiving targets from the running back position. Nice. Yep, big nice. Um, so he's a, he's a complete locked and loaded stud at a running back position. We don't have to really talk about him much. Uh, wide receiver core, it's Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, and then an unknown. It's unknown. They are talented. And Isabella, crazy spark square guy, crazy athlete, white boy got speed. Nakeem Butler, he's huge. Keyshawn Johnson, a diverse wide receiving athlete. Um, it's just who, what's going to happen. Who's going to get targets? Who's not going to get targets? Last year, it was literally Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, were the only people getting targeted. 
JJ Nelson and uh, is it um oh gosh what's that guy's name Chad Williams really I think they accounted for like thirty targets on the season yeah. so it was a Larry Fitzgerald Christian Kirk show they don't really use the tight end um, I don't know Klingsbury's history with tight ends I don't know if he really has one um, Air Raid typically doesn't use a whole lot of tight end action not so much I West know Virginia, Pesco, they, they, they Virginia like was kind of big for that last year but that's not very typical. Dana ran like a, a weird hybrid version here. Yeah, so. Where if we were winning 31 to 10, he would stop throwing the ball and end up blowing the game. But again, not bitter. And also not Cliff Kingsbury. But we'll see here. Uh, yeah. they, do have, they do have five wide receivers that could be legit. With Larry Kirk, Isabella, Butler, and Johnson. It's just who's going to get the work. We don't know. Larry is getting older, but Larry is a Hall of Famer. Argument to be the most talented wide receiver of all time, depending on your opinion. Uh, but still, we'll see what really can happen. Does Christian Kirk ascend a little bit more? I like Christian Kirk. He's cool. But, um, I mean, he accounted for 30% of the wide receiver fantasy score uh, last year, and he had just short of 14% of the targets. I think even if he stays at 14%, the number of targets is still going to go up just because that team was so bad that the, the production's got to increase. If you are in a PPR league, and you have the chance to get David Johnson, Danny Isabella, even Fitz, Hakeem Butler, get them. They're all going to be rating. That's a good point. accurate. They're going to be open. They're going to catch the balls. If you're in a PPR league, that is huge. Their Cardinals might be a horrendous team. I have no idea. But those guys are going to get you fantasy points. I am so high on Hakeem Butler. It's ridiculous. We you talked about how we love Pac-12. The other thing we love is the Big 12 because no one plays any defense. Yeah. No one defense watches. They do get honorable mention of fun things to watch on college football. Yeah. Watch the NFL, watch the Big 10, or watch the SEC if you want to watch defense. But I love 75 yard bombs where the quarterback isn't even paying attention. That's my kind of football. (laughs) Yes, it is definitely. And the team butler is ridiculous. He should not be as fast for how big he is. He is pretty freaky. For sure. Nikhil Harry's even more freaky, but we are not going to get into him. Um, all right, so moving on to the NFC North. I'll let you talk, but I'll, I'll let you just talk about the Bears, Brian. I know you have some strong feelings about the Bears. Just go for it. So, Matt Nagy is a great offensive head coach. And so... Agreed. The Bears looks very good offensively. I don't like Mitch Trubisky much at all. I think he's just sort of meh. But... I- Running back-wise, huge on Tariq Cohen, and I'm really big on David Montgomery. I watched him a lot, as I just mentioned, watched the Big 12 on Watching him in the Big 12. David Montgomery, for the past three years in the Big 12, was just a joy to watch. He's so big, and yet you watch them play, and he gets himself out of jams, not by using his body, but by just making people miss. He's so agile for like he's a thick guy. And in an offense run by Matt Nagy, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen are going to be uh, good. Very, very good. Uh, coming from Andy Reid, Andy Reid's another one that's huge into one guy. You go back to Byron Westbrook, LaShawn McCoy, Kareem Hunt. He wants... One guy that can do it all. They tried to. He, Matt Nagy tried to follow that. He tried to get Jordan Howard to be that guy last year. 
Um, Jordan Howard historically was not a big reception guy, but you look at the first four weeks of that season last year, he was averaging like six targets, uh, six, seven targets, which is huge at the running back position. And they really tried to make him that person, and they're like, yeah, he's got brick hands. So they, they had to use a little bit more Tyree Cohen. I don't think they want to use as much as Tyree Cohen as they did last year. They, they want to use him as a utility guy. He's obviously a freaky big play dude. But I think David Montgomery is going to be perfect timing user hyper utilized in that offense, and it's going to be exciting to see. Uh, sticking with that, uh, Tree Cohen, he last year with that increased usage, uh, he did get just sort of twenty seven percent of the running attempts. He garnered seventy percent of the running back targets. Um, I think that's the target share is going to go down probably more to like. Closer to 50%, I'm thinking, and then Mike Davis and David Montgomery are going to kind of split that other 50% receiving the ball. Um, I don't think Mike Davis is going to get used a whole ton, but he has the ability to, obviously, with his 50% target share over in Seattle last year, he showed the ability to be kind of like a, honestly, like a poor man Kareem Hunt. Like, he can do everything, but he's just not as talented. Um, yeah. And then Jordan Howard, he's gone, and he had... 68% of the carries carries in that team last year. So that they're not going to give that to Tariq Cohen. I, at most, Tariq Cohen is going to say at his 25% carries. I think he's probably going to be down to more like 20. And the 80% of the carries are going to go get split between David Montgomery and Mike Davis, probably like a 75-25 to Montgomery. And so I really do think Montgomery has a the possibility of being a low-end number one. Uh, definitely an RB2, especially in our halfway PPR league. So he's definitely a guy that's going to be exciting. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes in our rookie draft coming up later this summer. But um, he definitely has the ability, a possible opportunity. We'll see. Uh, going into the receiving court, a little bit more interesting. Um, really the only guys to talk about are Allen Robinson, um, Miller, Taylor Gabriel, and Trey Burton, or as I call him, Trey Boo Boo. Because they're the Bears. And yeah, right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which one's, if, if he's Boo Boo, which one is, uh, Smokey? Or, yeah, Smokey, right? Am I uh, that right? Uh, yeah. Did I just have to, I think I'm having a, hang on, I gotta look. No, it's Smokey, <laughs> Smokey the Bear is like the, the national guy. Oh, yeah. Who am I thinking? It's, um, it's Yogi and Boo Boo. Yogi, yes. Yeah, Yogi and Boo Boo, I guess. For some reason, I was thinking Yogi, and I was thinking, I was like, Yogi Ferro. No, that's the, that's the baseball player. I mean, do I dare say Mitch Trubisky is Yogi, but I don't know. No, you gotta be good to be Yogi. <laughs> but speaking of being good, Allen Robinson had that insane year um, with the Jaguars, and I think everyone's kind of buying into that, but since then, he was out all of 2017 towards ACL, I think, week one. Didn't play all season. And then he comes to a new offense on a new team with a very raw quarterback, let's just put it that way. Very raw quarterback. Doesn't do that great. He actually comes up third in wide receiver fantasy point percentage for his team, even though he he had the most targets here. He was definitely their number one wide receiver. Like on the depth chart and in talent, he is the best wide receiver on that team. He guarded the most target percentage at eighteen point four percent. Um, but he also had the lowest fantasy points on that team at ten percent of the wide receiver fantasy points. Uh, Taylor Gabriel seemed to be the best wide receiver option for fantasy on that team. He garnered had the most points for the wide receiver position at 30% of that team's wide receiver position. Um, Anthony Miller is a possible breakout guy. Uh, they also, just while I popped in my head, they also did draft 
Riley Ridley, who is a huge route runner guy. Um, I don't think he's going to do too much in his rookie season, but definitely a guy, you know, with our you know, being a dynasty league, we're drafting rookies here. He, he, he definitely could be an interesting upside pick if you buy into the Mitch Trubisky is actually talented camp and um, can actually do something. Uh, Anthony Miller was a red zone freak. Um, his slants and just getting into the end zone in the in the red zone was just fantastic. That's why he accounted for twenty five percent of the team's receiving touchdowns. So, I, it's kind of hard to pick out which wide receiver is going to be the stud. I will one snippet that I did hear and did read up about about Allen Robinson and his possible you know ascendance to being talented again is uh, in the playoff game. He had, he went for like ten one thirty and a touchdown. Um, so is that a, Hey, we finally figured out the offense. We finally figured out how to use Allen Robinson. Hey, Trisk, Mitch Trubisky is a little comfortable or what are you buying into that? I wouldn't say it's, it's how we figured out how to use the offense. Cause didn't they lose that playoff game? Like 10 to 9? They did. They did. Yeah. I, I'm just, honestly, if, if you're asking me, it's the same thing with the lines, not to jump ahead, but just and just stay away from Bears receivers. Stay away from Lions receivers. If you're going to get someone, get Tariq Cohen. I'm not. I'm just until they prove something. I just don't. Don't. Sorry. Every every time you put one of these guys into your lineup, it's a. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those where you've got guys that are hurt. And you put them in. You're like, oh, they're probably not going to do anything. But I need to. I can't. I have to play someone. Yeah. And he's, I guess, the best option. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of how this will go. Like I said, there is possibility for for breakout possibilities, for, especially for Allen Robinson, especially with Mitch Trubisky. Another year of what I mean, Pat Mahomes showed you what that offense can do. Not that you know he's Pat Mahomes and they have the weapons that the Chiefs have, but it's the same offense. So um, the ability to get guys open should be the same. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, Matt Stafford doesn't get a lot of love. Uh, I think he's pretty talented. Um, as far as you know, being a championship caliber quarterback, nah, but he's talented. He can throw the ball. He's got a cannon. He's definitely capable. His fantasy abilities, uh, I mean, probably low end one. I mean, he'd be good season for him if he could finish a top ten quarterback. Uh, that was a great year. That'd be a great year for him. But I don't know if that's going to be in the in the stars for him. Keep him with wide receivers, though, since we were just talking about it. They trade away Golden Tate midseason. Um, take away his target share. Uh, he had something like 18% of the target share for the, while he was there. Um, so that's a pretty you know, healthy chunk. You have been following along with all the other teams. 18% is a pretty healthy chunk. It's the same as Alex, Alan Robinson's team-leading chunk that he had. But uh, the Lions, their leading target guy, was Kenny Galladay. I love Kenny Galladay. Um, he's tall. He, he kind of breaks the stigma of super tall receivers that are don't actually correlate. Uh, Calvin Johnson, him, Julio, possibly Hakeem and Kim Butler and Nikhil Harry will be the next ones. Uh, yeah. His contested catch stuff is insane. I mean, he's got insane highlight catches. He had thirty six point six percent of the team's fantasy wide receiver points. Um, <laughs> Him and Marvin Jones tied for the same amount of touchdowns, but uh, he was a target freak. I mean, twenty percent can't deny it. Um, I, I think he's a good talent. Marvin Jones, um, good athlete. 
athlete for sure. He's he's not super tall at six foot, but his vertical is insane. And we've all seen the. It's the boomer bust of Marvin Jones that's intriguing. He's gonna have games with a huge long touchdown, and he's gonna, he's gonna have like that Pac-12 touchdown where he's gonna catch it over on top of someone's head at the 50-yard line, and then he's just gonna run the rest of the way to the end zone, and it's yeah. gonna be sick. Yeah. Um, Kenny Galladay isn't so much that way. He's more like I'm gonna catch a 40-yard bomb that's gonna land me in the end zone. Uh, but both of them can go deep. Both of them have high upside weekly. But end of the season, they're probably going to be wide receiver twos. Um, solid guys you got on your team, but just got to play them in the right situations. And yeah, you were and you were just saying that you know, it's tough. It's tough. Like you said, you, you're kind of guys that you you cross your fingers and you hope for the best when you put them in your lineup. Pretty much, yeah. I the the better chance for if you want Lions success again, I feel like it's going to be the same as the Bears. If you want successful Lions players in, in fantasy, I would go running backs again. Because yeah. they just drafted T.J. Hawkinson, who I think was, in my opinion, far and away the best blocking tight end in the draft. Oh, he's phenomenal. Uh, Theo Riddick, carry on Johnson. They're good backs. I mean, you get, get that the line help. I know Matt Stafford's good. I know it's a passing game and whatever, but I I don't. I'm not big on any of the receivers. Then Hawkinson's not a very great pass catching tight end. Uh, you know, I, I just go running backs again if you have to. If my preference would be don't. By the way, they did sign Jermaine Curse today, uh, but he can't catch the ball very well. So uh, caught up pretty good on that Super Bowl. <laughs> no, we don't talk about that Super Bowl here. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I had to. All right, um, we won't talk about the play after that play. No. There was no after that play. There was no Super. The Super Bowl didn't happen. It just. <laughs> But before we get away from the segue, let's segue right back into the running backs. Um, one of my favorite players on my dynasty team, I have carry on my wayward son, Johnson. And <laughs> um, for you rock and roll fans. Um, I'm uh, a win fans. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> um, so running backs, the, carry on Johnson, I loved him out of Auburn. I thought he was a supreme talent. I thought he kind of reminded me watching him at Auburn. Reminded me a lot of watching Le'Veon at Michigan State. That's kind of, I guess, somewhat corny of a comparison that is. But their running styles are both super patient. Catch the ball, run the ball with speed and power. Um, he counted with – he got hurt in, I think, at like week 8, 9, or 10. And he also had a slow start to the season as far as you know, workload. But he did finish with 32% of the, of the rushing attempts. At a, may I add a 5.7 yards per pop? It's not bad. For you stack guys out there, that's uh, that's really good. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> majors, that's uh, every two carries a first down. Anyways, <laughs> um, in his time, in his games played uh, for the season, he did end up racking up 27% of targets, which when they have Theo Riddick, shot in their day, um, on their team, He's a huge receiver guy. I mean, the guy's super he, – he's an ultimate scat back. On top of that, he's like 6'2", so he's not like a midget scat back. He's, you know, a tall one. Uh, Fowler, get off my cock. Running back targets. But you could tell – I believe in – I forget what the number was. But like, 
when carry on was healthy and playing they were really splitting targets and everything so it, you love to see that um riddick is still gonna be relevant he's still guaranteed a lot of money they're gonna want to use him that's fine cj anderson what you can take happiness is cj anderson will not be catching the ball on this team um so you don't have to worry about target share target share should be pretty much 50 50 carry on johnson the riddick as far as targets to the running back um, you love to have some sort of consistency in that sense. Gives you a good floor each week. Um, but running the ball, I mean, C.J. Anderson, I don't think they're gonna think they're gonna feed him too much. They gave Legarrette Blunt forty-one percent of the carries last year. But may I remind you that Matt Patricia is the head coach, also a former Patriot, and like all reports were that like Blunt and Patricia were like super friendly with one another, yeah, like, buddies. Well, Blunt's gone. 41% of carries are open. 20% of the fantasy production was there. And they're not going to feed Blunt. They feed CJ. If CJ produces yeah. at his 2.3 yards per carry last last year, they're not going to yeah. CJ the ball like that, especially when you have carry on average in five. Like, it's just not going to happen. Carry on's going to garner 50% or more of the rushing attempts. CJ's going to get a good amount. Riddick's going to get a handful. And I'm excited to have him on my team. I hope to have him in redraft leagues. Um, just awesome. And plus, I can sing Wayward Son every time he scores a touchdown. So uh, That's really all that matters. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you can bust out a classic, you bust it out. Uh, we can move on. We can go to the Vikings. Um Kind of summing up your thoughts on the Vikings, Kirk Cousins at least. You thought he was pretty solid. I think he's pretty solid. Um, with increased offensive line, it's interesting what this offense could possibly achieve this year. Yeah, and I think the big thing for me is what you said earlier is if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy. I mean, he's a very good pass catching running back. I think we're seeing a lot of really good pass catching running backs because the way the NFL is going. You know, for sure. Really more important. They got Diggs, they got Feline, both very good receivers. I'm big on Cousins. Well, not big, I shouldn't say. I'm, I like Kirk Cousins. And if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, he's a very good receiver. Bat. I had him on a fantasy team a couple years ago before he tore the ACL. He was, he was phenomenal. He was so good. Uh, but you're right. The, the big thing is can he actually stay healthy? And it's it sort of goes back to what I said about the Bears and the Lions. Until I see that he can, I'm not, I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, and it's it's one of the things when uh, obviously in dynasty our teams are, are kind of semi locked outside of trading, but uh, Dalvin Cooks, you know, it, is he going to stay healthy and be a top twelve running back, or is he going to be hurt half the season? Yeah. And you, you just don't know. It's sketchy. I will say, even with his limited work last year, he did get forty five percent of the, the carries. Um, Latavius Murray had the other half pretty much. Uh, well, he's gone, and they didn't bring anyone in. They did draft Madison out of, I believe, Boise State. Another can do it all, but not necessarily on the elite level. He had awesome career production at Boise State, if I remember uh, his numbers right. But um, he's not he's not an elite pass catcher or route runner, but he, he's a quality one. He, he does it well. He can catch the ball. He can run routes. He can run in the tackles. He can run outside. But he, he's not pushing Dalvin Cook for touches. 
Um, he's going to be a guy there, kind of keep trying to keep Cook healthy. I don't half, think he'll be, have weekly relevance, but if Dalvin Cook does get hurt, look for Madison to be a huge handcuff kind of situation that a lot of guys are going to have on not only um, want to have in the dynasty leagues, but on their redraft leagues, kind of get to the end of the end of the draft. Dalvin Cook gets hurt, Madison should be able to plug and play on that offense. Yeah, I think. Dude, Savoy, catch it, bro. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good tight end option. I know Kyle Rudolph is there. I know he's probably going to get a majority of the targets, but it's Dynasty League. Kyle Rudolph's not going to be around forever. They drafted Irv Smith Jr. for a reason. Kirk Cousins, like you said, is we like him. And for the QBs that I like, I normally find that they sure do love a safety blanket. Irv sure did. A really good safety blanket for the Vikings. Yeah, uh, Irv Smith is, is really interesting. I mean, he's probably with the he's at that hybrid. Irv Smith is that hybrid tight end that uh, a lot a lot of teams kind of you know really like because he can do a little. He's a pretty good blocker, pretty good athlete, pretty good receiver. He's not just a pure flex tight end. He's not a pure blocking tight end. So he he is a, a, a true kind of hybrid. Um, what you have to worry about him is what they still have Kyle Rudolph. And, you know, at best, they're going to split the targets to cover it all 50-50 between him and Irv Smith. And between the two of them, they're just not going to be relevant in fantasy overall. Maybe he can get a lucky start and a lucky game where one of them gets 60, 70 yards or a touchdown or something like that. But it's going to be tough to, to find them uh, to be startable assets. Um, so going to the wide receiver core, you got Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, and then long lost and forgotten Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> well, there's probably a reason for that. But yeah, uh, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, um, which is understandable. But it's a 1A, 1B situation there with Thielen and Diggs. They both had a pretty even split. Thielen had 25.6% of targets. Diggs had 24.8%. Um, where it gets the separation is Stefan Diggs gets in the paint. He scores touchdowns. He scored 30% of the team's receiving touchdowns. Thielen scored 14, so basically doubling Thielen's touchdown production. And because of that, he had 36.5 of the wide receiver from fantasy points, and Thielen had 21. Um, not necessarily what we're talking about here, but I think Thielen is a solid regression candidate as far as his stats go. Um, not only are they going to try and run the ball more this season, I mean, Mike Zimmer literally got a new offensive coordinator because he wanted to run the ball more. Um, But Thielen had had a record-breaking or record-tying games of 100 catches, 100 yards receiving. Like, as much as I enjoy Adam Thielen, like, he is not a top-end receiver. He's not Julio, A.J. Green, Odell. He's not going to be going for 100 yards, even two games consecutively. Yeah let alone at a record-breaking pace. Uh, I think, not that he can't put up 80 every week, but like just to kind of temper your expectations of what he did from last season, I think, especially with them trying to be more run-heavy. Um, where that does benefit Diggs is Diggs has that extra athleticism, in my mind, to really get into the paint like he's done. He, I mean, we've seen the Hail Mary against the Saints, which was just beyond tragic. He, uh... He does have deep ball ability. He is the deep ball out of out of the three guys on this team, and it shows he does it really well, even at not a supreme size. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I see you're you're probably right about Thielen's not being um, 
um, what's the word, efficient like he was last year. But at the same time, if they do run the ball more, that does, you know, to quote Cable Thanos on Twitter, body blows is the run, in the run game. Uh, that does open up digs and D-line, so he might not have as many yards. But we also mentioned it earlier with Russell Wilson. He had the third least passing attempts, but the Seahawks ran the ball so much that when Russell threw it, it caught defenses off guards. He had 35 touchdown passes. So Seahawks might catch a lot of TDs simply because they run the ball more. All right, and transitioning to the Packers, um, you know, it's a team with a new head coach, with a new offensive coordinator, maybe a redialed in Aaron Rodgers, but this is going to be the first year that uh, Aaron Rodgers... You know, he's always like the guy, and Pat Mahomes hit the scene and was like, I'm here, it's my league. And uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't that number one guy anymore at the quarterback position, even in uh, in drafts. I mean, I think, it, I think drafts right now, it goes like, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, like Andrew Luck, and then Aaron Rodgers is kind of splashed in there somewhere, you know, between the between Watson and Luck, and it's like Mahomes is absolutely that number one guy, reasonably enough. I mean, you throw fifty some touchdowns and five million yards, that happens. Yeah. But um, going back to the Packers, I, Aaron Rodgers is still locked load. He's going to be a stud quarterback. I mean, end of conversation. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Devontae Adams is my favorite player in fantasy football. Um, little nugget I look, I found. Last year, his lowest fantasy output in one week in half-point PPR was 12.6. That was his worst week. He had double-digit points every single week. Every week you played him, every week he produced. Absolutely insane consistency. I don't know if that's ever been done before, but 12.6 as a as a floor, I will lock and load that into my roster every single time. Yeah, for sure. Um, there was a, actually a, an article or a quote uh, that Aaron Rodgers said earlier today that he wants to throw a lot more to Devontae Adams. Yeah, <laughs> that was. He said we need to get we need to get Devontae more involved. <laughs> considering he was the, the highest. <laughs> receiver on the Packers if Rodgers wants to throw to him more yeah uh, to read off off Adam's stat line he had 27% of the targets last year uh, 52% of the wide receiver touchdowns and 50% of the wide receiver fantasy points don't worry boys Rodgers is going to finally get him involved in the offense yeah yeah so uh, I just love 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 Devontae Adams for that big thing with the Packers for me is that for years and years and years, I feel like people have been considering them Super Bowl contenders, and it's just continuously failed and failed. And you know, as I can't deny Aaron Rodgers is good. I don't like him as a person. He annoys me, so it makes me laugh to see the Packers struggle. However, I feel like this is the first year that people aren't very high on the Packers. I tell you, I'm picked them to go to the Super Bowl last year. This is the first year people are like. Well, let's just let's see what the Packers are like this this upcoming season. You know, let's let's find out. And I think that is where Rodgers will make his mark. People aren't counting on them. He loves, he loves the he loves the doubt for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is this will be a year to watch out for. That's why I had them making the playoffs over the Seahawks. I think the Packers not being considered favorites will make them better 
Yeah, I think you definitely hit on the nose with that standpoint, and just people love the or people are hating on Rogers, and Rogers secretly loves it. I mean, I love I, as you said it, he's not that great of a guy. I mean, yeah, he's definitely not a family guy. He's not. He doesn't probably have a whole lot of friends. Boy, is he a good quarterback. Boy, is he calm. Boy, is he talented. For everyone that doesn't know, he did blame a playoff loss on the coin. Hey, it happened. Just that happened. Back. <laughs> Won the coin toss and said, "We're gonna Look, get." We don't talk about that. Seahawks you know? <laughs> Anyways, that game never happened. That game didn't happen either. Um, Aaron Rodgers had like the most money quote of the off season with the whole beer chugging controversies and how he sucks. And I love this quote. Say what you want to him as a person, as a competitor, as an athlete. But everyone's like, ah, you know, you suck at beer chugging. He's like, well, good for them. They finally have something that a talent that's better that they're better at than me. And I absolutely love that. The dude's a baller. He's a, <laughs> just as Stephen A. puts it, the baddest man in the NFL. Yeah. Um, moving on. Actually, wait, not not completely move on. I want to talk about their other wide receivers. Um, they got rid of Randall Cobb. Uh, who hasn't doing a whole lot. He only had 10% of targets, 12% of fantasy points. Um, Geronimo Allison, I think, is a low-key, underrated guy uh, for fantasy. I don't know how supremely talented he is, but he's got it. He has, he has legit rapport with Aaron Rodgers. He's been there with for multiple years now. Um, and if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be the legit number two wide receiver in that league, or that league, that team. Aaron Rodgers has a long history of sustaining two very fantasy-relevant wide receivers, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, J.J., or not J.J., Jordy Nelson, not J.J. Nelson. So, But he has a long history of having two elite fantasy wide receivers. There's no reason in my mind that Jordan Allison can't be that guy. But I will say they did have a lot of rookies last year. One of them could shine out. They had Marquise Valdez-Scantling, Ekinemia St. Brown, shout-out to Notre Dame, and... Another guy that wasn't relevant at all last year, but was like a fifth round draft pick that could be a thing. Um, so uh, uh, one of them is going to show out. One of them will be the number two wide receiver on the Packers and will be fantasy relevant. And it just it's a guessing game until we know. Uh, moving on to the running backs, um, a little bit more of a mystery. Uh, they. Did seem to believe in is it yeah Adam Jones yeah it's Adam Jones and uh, Jones nonetheless for sure <laughs> Aaron Jones that's what it is Aaron um, he got end of the season he ended up having forty seven percent of the carries thirty three percent of the running back targets and fifty two percent of the fantasy points for the running back position for them so definitely turned out to be the number one fantasy guy but my guy from BYU the Mormons. Jamal Williams did still get a lot of work. Um, you do have to you wonder with the new head coach, new offensive coordinator, do they stick with Aaron Jones with the, the better talent on film and on paper, or do they still kind of fall in love with this old Jamal Williams thing? I think they definitely stick with Aaron Jones and give him more touches. But Jamal Williams, he's just one of those guys, he pass blocks really well. He's a smart football player, but he's not necessarily supremely talented. Aaron Jones does have a lot more flash. They got rid of Ty, Ty Montgomery. They really didn't bring anyone in, so it's going to be a Jones and Williams show. It's just kind of, uh, you know, how much is Williams going to take from him? 
Yeah, it's a good question. I think the thing with Dexter Williams is that you always have to look at the late rounds for running backs. I feel like a lot of the times they're the ones that come out of the blue, unless they're like Saquon Barkley or Peterson. Yeah. It's the guys in the later rounds. And Dexter Williams is a really good running back. And with the Packers not being known for their running backs, I mean, remember when Ty Montgomery had like a fantastic season before he fumbled once and then got traded because Aaron Rodgers hated him after that? Yeah. You know. That's, that's what the, it's what the Packers do. I mean, you, they, it, it's a, with, I mean, as you can expect that they have Aaron Rodgers. It's a pass first offense. Um, and they just find one guy to break out at the running back position and they ride him until he makes a mistake and Aaron Rodgers tells him that he needs to go. Yeah, and I, I will say, as scary as it is to look back at the downfall of him, what Eddie Lacy showed that you can do with the running back position from a fantasy standpoint in that offense, if you can be the main guy for them, um, even when he had James Starks kind of looming as that you know sort of scat back third down, you know, uh, you know, change of pace guy, Eddie Lacy was a locked and loaded top ten running back in then he reached full Italian meatball status. Yeah, well, this is just what the Packers have always done. Do you remember Ryan Grant from years ago? Sure do remember Ryan yeah. Grant. <laughs> like, what the hell happened to him? So, so it's, just, it's, it's the possibility of Aaron Jones. Um, what he could be potentially, if they really do give him the keys to the running back position, what he can be, do they split it up like they kind of did last year and kind of have a three-way thing with Aaron Jones and the two Williams running backs. You know, it's it's going to be interesting. But me, I, I think uh, I think it just again, like I said with the Bears and Lions, don't get any Packers running backs, but also just keep looking because, like we said, one is going to break out, become the main guy, and then they're gonna they're gonna put it up big. But as of right now. Don't risk it. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a high upside pick. You know, depending on what your roster construction is like during your draft, if you want to swing for the fences on on Aaron Jones, you know, swing for the fences. Just know that the, the risk is there. The same thing later in the round, swinging for Jeromino Allison or one of those other wide receivers. One of them is going to be the number two wide receiver on that offense, and it's just a matter of figuring out which one. Yeah, uh, another big thing for the Packers, uh, they're tight end. Texas a Jace Sternberger. Oh, yeah. I don't know a whole lot about him, but what I do know is that I don't like Aaron Rodgers as a person. And to assume Jace Sternberger sounds kind of like a, a, a team of someone that I wouldn't get along very well with, sort of like Aaron Rodgers, they might be good friends. Little quick tidbit on Jace Sternberger. I don't think he's going to be relevant for the first this first year because they do still have Jimmy Graham and people are in love with Jimmy Graham. He, I, he's, he's trash, but he's on the team. Jay Sternberger, at the tight end position at a legit university of Texas A&M, led his team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns at the tight end position for the entire offense. Yep. So I think that's to be set for his receiving abilities. He's definitely a flex tight end. He will not see him on the line of scrimmage. He will not block anybody. He is literally like a tall, lanky, skinny dude. Yeah. That might 
He's probably like 6'5 and weighs like 220. Another uh, interesting tip Texas A&M is a cult. Little tidbit. I think we'll uh, we'll end it here. We'll call it. Uh, thanks for listening. That's kind of a, it's a bumpy ride. Got it. Super mad at me for that. Howdy. Howdy, Aggies fans. I don't think we have any in the league. You crazy, you crazy, crazy cocks fool you. All right, we'll wrap it up on that.